I don't I don't know. Like I really don't know. How, how do like, you not know? Well, when did we talk last? Sunday. Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. I have zero idea of how everything went. <laughs> like Like I don't know. I have no idea. Dance, monkey, dance. This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris, and this week I'm Brandon. Brandon again. How are Sorry, you? Sorry, I thought that was oh, a thing. Did you want to jump in? Did you want to be like John? No, I didn't. I had no, no, I, uh, no, no. I'm, I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you? How was your week? It was good. It was it was busy. I was telling you before we before we hopped on that like I the week has flown by. Yeah. And I feel like we just talked. Well, we only talked like here 5 days again. ago. Yeah, but it should have felt like 5 days and it did not. Well, because you're a busy dude. Felt, no, you're well, you're busy. Did it feel like it flew by for you or My life feels like an eternity, so, you know. <laughs> Every day is just <laughs> clawing my way from getting up to going to bed. But it's your positive attitude that keeps you aligned. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I get up. I get up at 630 and I take the kid to school. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working by 730. I stop at five from the day job. Go walk for an hour. And then I work until like 1030 at night doing freelance stuff so that's just my day Every but that may day. be ending hopefully soon hopefully we're in the yeah, i mean not all of it we're no we're in the final um throws we're in the final project so hopefully it'll be over soon and then i, I can freelance for other people or whatever but I, I was told that um and you'll find this funny I am being yeah. terminated from the place that you and I worked at for the second time. How's that? <laughs> because they had me, they, so they had me on as a contractor. Yeah. And when, when they laid us all off, they said, Hey, we still have a shit ton of work that needs to be done. Would you, do you want to freelance? And we all said yes, yeah. because we all needed work. And so they kept us on as a, as a freelancer. And, um, they do that that bullshit yearly training stuff that um, they've always done, and they said that yeah. in order to stay as a freelancer, I needed to complete it, and the computer that they gave me won't start up. So okay. I've been terminated for a second time because if you didn't complete the training, then you had to be terminated, and I was like, "But they've already terminated me! Like I don't understand." So I'm I've been terminated again. Not continue to. So this time they can they have you back at this point? I don't know. Not that you'd ever want to go. I don't really care. Like, and I was talking with one of the other guys. Um, 
that I used to work with. And he was like, he was like, but that's like extra money. I was like, I'm not going to lose sleep from not doing those kinds of projects, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm in a totally different place. I can pick and choose who I freelance for. And I'm just I, like, I don't need the freelance is the thing. Like I do it for extra money, but like, I also got killed in taxes this year because I didn't pay quarterly taxes. I saved it all for the end. And they were like, yeah, bend over. And I was like, oh, that was, that was wrong. So now I'm paying quarterly taxes. I don't understand any of that because I made, according to the government, not, so I made so little money last year that I can't even get a tax credit for health insurance. Wow. Yeah. So normally you make so much money that you can't actually afford health insurance because it costs too much, but I make so little uh, on paper that you can't, it's bad. Oh, because apparently you have to make $7,000. So I think $27,000 or is it 17 or 27, $27,000 is a poverty line. I, I don't know, but you have a line below the poverty line where the government says, we're not going to support you. <laughs> and you're in that. So, <laughs> I'm in that. I'm under that line. Wow. Mm-hmm. But but you're well, also doing well, exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like to do what I want to do and actually, you know, make some money. Well, of course, that would be nice. But you're um, not you're not stuck behind a desk, pushing papers and doing bullshit work that you don't have any interest right. in doing. Right. And and I think like you know, we're, we're trying to open up a, a business and we're trying to start, you know, a set of shows on our own, like a, a set of monthly shows. And that, that I think the set of monthly shows is like on the uh, immediate horizon. Nice. And the business is not into the, not in the too far future. Like we're talking about, you know, year and a half, two years. Um, so I have enough to remain afloat and <laughs> my, my job is in part to take care of my brother. So that's, that's pretty sweet. Right. So he was very tired this morning because he went on these errands Yeah. for this party, this, this event that we're doing for everybody's birthday that I missed out. Yeah. And so we're running all around creation. And, and so like he, we, I think we probably left around nine thirty, ten o'clock and he's like, so are we just going to get Chinese food? I'm like, they're not open yet. John. <laughs> so we have to run some errands. And then at that point we'll, we'll, we'll eat Chinese food. Cause we eat Chinese food every Friday. I was just going to ask, do you guys still do that every Friday? Yeah. Wow. I, I think that started before um, the place that should not be named. Um, but you know, was a thing. Are you, did I freeze? No, you're good. Or did you, oh, you're, you're just, you're just very, very, you have a, I'm you, still. Have a you are, you, there's a stillness about you <laughs> that I don't have. Um, <laughs> but um, we, uh, so I think it's, you know, it was kind of one of the thing that really, really started when, when we were working together right. um, and you went a few times with us, I think I did. Um, but, but uh, I, it's been, I think we've done like, I've had Chinese food for almost the last every single week on Fridays for the last 12 years or so. Wow. So yeah, it's, I'm not bragging. I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's information. It's not. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, th- that was the end goal, but we didn't get there until almost two two o'clock. Wow! So, so we were running errands and doing all that stuff. 
uh, like I told you, it's my parents' 54th wedding anniversary. And um, so I went downtown to see if we could actually tour the facilities where they got married because, you know, they were members there for 40 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Right. Uh, my grandmother was a member for like 50 or 60 years at that church. Wow. And until she died. Um, and and the, there was this really young kid who had been working there for a couple of years. He's like, uh, um, he's like, yeah, uh, we're not technically open today. And I'm like, well, technically you are because I checked your voicemail. That's the only reason I'm down here. But I didn't say that because I wanted to use the church and not have to pay for it. Um, and I'm like, so is there anybody here tomorrow that might be able to open the church? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I explained the situation. He's like, yeah, I wish we could help you. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you do wish that you could help me. Wow. Because otherwise you would, you would just help me. That, that's, that's, that's very, uh, it's very nice of him. <laughs> it's a church. So what do you expect? You know, I, <laughs> I'm a church-going, God-fearing Christian, and uh, I don't expect churches to help. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, fair enough. So, yeah, you know, it's it's just a building, and I was just hoping to walk around, you know. But I I think we've figured something else out for that that specific portion of the day. <laughs> but <laughs> you getting a bus we'll and putting out. everybody in the bus and then driving to all different locations. Well, I thought about that. <laughs> Because I do actually do, had it been later in the day, I would have asked to do that um, because I actually do work for, I, I, I do work for a bus tour now. <laughs> it's one of the shows that I do. Okay. But it, that, this specific event falls at 2 p.m. Okay. Which is pretty much their prime time. So had it been like four o'clock, then maybe I could have got, I could have convinced somebody to do that, but I didn't even bother asking because I didn't want to pay the bus so um so yeah we're doing one event do you want to know about all this stuff or is it just boring we're just, just we're just chatting man whatever you want to talk about okay well i, I don't know i don't want to bore anybody um we're doing one of so so chrissy's birthday is going to be stop number one okay uh chrissy is irish catholic okay so we are going to an irish pub you know which is her church um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and so we got her talk. I, I didn't had zero idea what to do for Chrissy because she's an avid book reader. She, you know, all of these things that make up Chrissy, we've celebrated in some way before, and I don't like to repeat. Okay. Although I don't think it's a problem. Um, excuse me, I'm a choke. <laughs> so sorry. Um, but we, um, so we're going to take her to the Irish pub. And she went on a trip with her mother and father, and um, uh, we got her talking about the trip one night, um, Brooke and I, while we're out here smoking cigars. Uh, and uh, so she told us about um, the trip that she had, the pitfalls, the perils, you know, of traveling with parents, et cetera, the joys that she had, you know, what she saw and, you know, how she got to celebrate that with her family and whatnot. But she said she stopped off for a cherry pie which I don't know if you know this, Chris, but uh, tart cherries uh, currently are $6.50 for 14 and a half ounces. Wow. Um, so the pie that I'm trying to make her, if I were to use the proper amount of the cherries, it would cost somewhere in the neighborhood of about $40. Wow. So I'm trying to figure out the cherry situation. Make a mini pie. Night, so that I can make that pie in the morning. 
which I do not want to do. Um, but it's what I've decided to do. And then there's some beer. She's not a beer drinker, but she said she had a great Irish beer. So I located that Irish beer, located her nice Irish cigar. We're taking her to the pub. I'm going to write up some Irish toasts and then we'll celebrate Chrissy, you know, while we eat and, and you know, eat and, and uh, shout out some Irish toasts. So that's going to be hour number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hour number two, uh, we're going to drive downtown. <clears throat> to a location to be determined because the church couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> I, I've, luckily, I, I have another friend. I have a few friends who are event planners, and she gave us she gave me a couple of ideas. Um, and uh, so we're gonna find a location, and then mom and dad have a blog on their website, right? Um, and so they've written actually uh, several different. Uh, uh, blogs about five different blogs I think I located five or six and so I'm taking those blogs and since we have a lot of theatrical people within our group I was just going to have them cold read uh, the blogs back to mom and dad and then have kind of a champagne toast with them downtown where mom grew up and you know and whatnot Uh, and then that's hour number two And then hour number three is, even though Joe was born in 1970, he's definitely a child of the 80s. Uh, so um, uh, Kristen interviewed Joe's mom and got a whole lot of information out of her. And she's like, he loved this and he liked this and he liked this and like that. So I've got an idea. Uh, I, well, I got him like some art stuff because he's not drawing as much as he used to. Right. Yeah, that dog agrees. <laughs> um, and so I'm putting together like a color pencil set. Um, and I'm going to try, uh, Kristen, strangely enough, has some Lisa Frank stickers, which I don't know if you remember Lisa Frank. Mm, no. Google, Google Lisa Frank. You'll know what she is. It's, it's just a vomit of rainbow stickers, um, with unicorns and, and things. Okay. Oh, okay. Do you, do you remember Lisa Frank? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think you fall right in between Joe and I. Um, age-wise um, so so we're I, I bought him a pink folder and I'm gonna put Lisa Frank stickers all over that and so for an hour we're gonna do 80s music bingo and 80s trivia which uh, Amazon has uh, speaking of bending you over uh, they've done that to me again where they said it will be delivered tomorrow when I ordered it yesterday and they're like I told you we're, we're gonna deliver tomorrow which is now tomorrow so it has to get here before noon so that I can actually bring it with me. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping it gets here before noon, God willing. Otherwise, I will be scrambling. I mean, okay, not to interrupt your story, but have you no, no, noticed please. a sharp decline in Netflix, uh, not Netflix, in Amazon recently? Uh, for years, yeah. Okay, like... Since the beginning of the year, I had never had an issue with them at all. It was everything that I ordered was was delivered on time when they said Mm -hmm. it was going to be here. And since the beginning of the year, it's been one thing after another. They've lost five packages of mine. Um, They have sent me the wrong people's package. I have weird. Yeah. And like recently... Um, I bought something online and it was like, it'd be here on Monday. And then, and on Monday I get a thing that said, 
Um, it's been delayed, so it'll be here on Tuesday. And then the tracking information showed nothing, no movement whatsoever. And then it was like, come back on Wednesday and you can get a refund. And I was like, what the fuck? So I got on, I got on a text with them and I was like, um, so I bought this, I bought this item. Well, I bought this item on sale. So if I want to reorder it, are, will you, um, honor the sale price? And they said, yes. And the way that you, we do that is you pay full price for it. And then when you get it, we'll credit you. And I was like, I know that's not you that like, that's it's, uh, Amazon that puts those in place, but that's fucking stupid. And the, there oh, was yes, this yeah. long pause and, and he was like, what? And I said, I'm not laying out more money just to be, have it credited back to me. If you're not going to honor the sale price, then just give me my money back. And so then it's, well, do you want it to your original card, how you paid, or do you want it in Amazon credit? I was like, I don't want Amazon credit. At this point, you've pissed me <laughs> off to the point where I just want my money back. But like from be, in the beginning, since the beginning of the year, I don't think I've had anything show up on time when they say, so what am I paying Amazon Prime for? Like uh, you're, you're it, it no longer is a thing. Like so it got really good for a section of time in so much as you would get some things after three days. Right. They got pretty good about going, okay, you were if this is prime, it doesn't ship for two to three days afterwards. And then it would do that. So they basically, I think anything like in their California warehouse versus their New Jersey warehouse, then, you know, they're, they got pretty good about fixing those kind of numbers. And then they were trying to basically go, Hey, you know what? We have Amazon lockers now. So everything's going to get to you easier. It's going to get to you within a day instead of two days. And now it's, it's just a a real crapshoot. Now it's nowhere near as bad as Walmart. Walmart is the absolute uh, worst customer service that I've ever had in my entire life. You mean like the online stuff? Or are you talking about uh, w- working? So I, I spent, I had a day off at one point where I didn't have anything to do, and it was, it was around Christmas. I think it was like not this past Christmas, but Christmas before that. So I decided that I was going to use their website in order to order certain things for John okay. specifically for Black Friday. Okay. And it was the biggest fucking nightmare. <laughs> like I was on there for hours because things would just disappear. Well, I put them in my cart. And so then like I could order these things and, and then someone's like, don't worry we'll honor those prices. And then uh, the other person, you know, who I talked to after that goes, oh no, we can't. And I'm like, no, I lit- uh, Chris, I spent, and uh, this is not hyperbole. I spent, cause I calculated it all out. I spent somewhere between about 13 to 14 hours <laughs> on chats and phone calls trying to have these orders fixed because someone would go in and fix it on their end and it would show up and then it would say, Oh, we've canceled your order. (laughs) And then I would try to go back and reorder it. And and they're like, Oh, we don't really have that price on that. And I'm like, you did 
when you fixed it. Right. And so, like, I would talk to somebody on the chat, and I, I am very anal retentive about what you tell me because I, I take you at your word. You know, if you're going to tell me you're going to do something, if you, you're like, I'm going to try to do this, which Amazon is a little bit better about than Walmart, mind you. Um, I, and they're, they're like, I, you know, I, I would go, can you just check your notes? And they go, oh, we don't have notes. I'm like, the last person that I talked to said they checked their notes <laughs> about a call. And so I was like, here's the notes. And I would just drop it in her chat because I would copy it all over to another document before the, the thing closed. Right. And I'm like, here's the notes. Jim, you think I'm going to fake all those timestamps? Go ahead. Um, and, oh, my God, it took so long just to get a Steelbook copy of Shazam on Blu-ray. That's I, all I wanted. I just, I don't understand that the problems now. I mean, I know that there's labor shortages and shit and Amazon's and going and through. And, and, like, that's why I, when, I, when I said the thing about it being stupid, I wanted to make sure that the dude understood that, like, I wasn't talking about him. He's doing his job. I get that. But the policy is fucking retarded. And... Yeah, like hopefully somebody listens to that or, you know, sees that and reads it and stuff. But it's like like I don't want to shop on Amazon anymore, which sucks because like the Amazon is like the place to go for like 3D printer stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, it is shit that you can't get anywhere else. And it's like, but I can't trust them with like having anything delivered. I, I want to go down the street and shop at monster music for, because I still buy physical media, Chris. Mm -hmm. So Chris, let me, let me give you a real quick education on this. Okay. What they have is they, all of your music come on tiny uh, silver discs and they, you know, if I want to play that piece of music, I don't have to wait for it to buffer or anything like that. I was, shitty internet. I was around when CDs were made. I, I don't, how many CDs do you have right now? They're in a box in the closet. I don't have, yeah, a, okay. I don't have a CD player. How do you, <laughs> did you show your child Harry Potter on Blu-ray at least yes. for my sake? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure. You bought her the Blu-rays. Oh, I remember. I'm yeah. just checking to make sure that they got some use before you put them in the closet as well. Well, no, no, those, those are downstairs with the Blu-ray player, but a physical like CD player and yeah, actual yeah. CDs, I don't, I don't use anymore. You, you can play them on your Blu-ray player. I'm just letting you know. I wouldn't okay. recommend it long term. Because it wears down the laser, from what I understand. Because <laughs> it has to go, it has to go at a slower speed. But okay. um, I prefer CDs. John and I were talking about this today while we're running errands. Um, and uh, I was like, I don't feel that streaming media has kind of caught up to this stuff. You know, I was like, I, I can have an argument versus like vinyl versus CD. You know, because you get non-compressed sound on CD that is that isn't as damageable. Is that a word? Easily easily damaged. There we go. Uh, I know that's correct. Um, as you know, uh, a record is because I like records. I love the sound of records, but I just don't have the setup to play those like I want to. I have a beautiful copy of the Jurassic Park score on on vinyl. There you go. Um, but anyway. Um, CDs for me are, are, you know, what I use. And um, I also use um, Blu-rays. I, I, I don't have it traded up to 4K yet. Um, but, you know, it's just what I use. I, I prefer to watch the uncompressed sound and video on there. Um, 
and it's it's a more enjoyable experience. But you know, I get streaming, I get it. But you know, when when I'm sitting down watching Netflix and the Blu-rays that I actually bought of Stranger Things look better on Blu-ray than they do on Netflix, then it's just the the tech, the streaming tech hasn't caught up well, with it. Well, of course, but I don't need to do that with everything. Of course, I mean that's mm-hmm. that it's always going to be better on something that is designed to give you the highest quality. But most people don't yeah. care about the highest quality. There's very few people that care what they're what they're seeing it on. I mean, most people are watching it on their phone at this point. It, it makes me so sad <laughs> because I remember that transition. Like when I remember owning, I remember owning VHS tapes that were widescreen VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I, what is that? What is that sound? Oh, anyway, um, so I loved. I had like Jurassic Park. Have I mentioned Jurassic? I mentioned Jurassic Park far too many times this evening. I'll, I'll change it to Back to the Future. Um, no, I didn't. But I had Jurassic Park in widescreen VHS, and everybody's like, "What the hell, man? You're missing the top and bottom." I'm like, "No, you're missing the sides of your movie. I've got it all." Yeah, I saw I saw an interesting video on YouTube about the pan and scan of Ghostbusters. Um, oh my god it's a nightmare and like Egon is cut out of like 90% of the movie because he's on the extreme mm-hmm. left and they would always do the pan and scan to the right and like yep. you miss him in 90% of the stuff and it's like wow okay <laughs> it, it, um, the interpreter I think uh, Sydney S- Sydney oh, who directed the interpreter not a great movie but a really good documentary on how they um on how pan it like on how he's like this is what I wanted my movie to look like and this is uh this is how it looked so uh, on the uh, on the DVD or I'm sure you can find it on YouTube um but yeah oh my I, god that movie I mean the greatest thing that's happened in a while is the adoption of 16 by 9 into everything yeah yes well yeah I, it's not all it's not all true 16 by 9 I guess most of it is because, well, yeah, 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 I disagree. I, I, I digress because I don't disagree. I digress uh, because I think 16 by 9 screens allow you to have the 233 to 1, the, one seven, the 188 to 1, 144 to 1. Right, right. But everything um, is widescreen format now and you don't have to worry about yeah. pan and scan and shit. So what do you think about the idea was, that you may see the end of Netflix within the next several years? No, that won't happen. They'll just figure out. I mean, Netflix is always ahead of the curve. So they all, you know, I mean, they've been around for a long time. And it's not, I mean, I, I know it's, they, 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 they were changing the model before people knew there was a model to be changed. Yeah, but the, three the, times. They're getting killed by the, the competitors now. They're absolutely getting hosed by Apple TV or Apple Plus or, and HBO Max and stuff. And well, when, Sorry. When Netflix turns around and says, oh, well, we're going to pull back on our spending now. Like, I can't see. And the biggest thing is they're when they crack down on the password sharing, it's going to be over. I think a lot of people are just going to be like, well, you yeah. know what? There's better ways to see your stuff and it's not going to involve money. Uh, see, I think like Amazon Prime was pretty smart about it. Um. Like, because they're doing what Netflix is doing, but also still releasing movies in theaters, so they didn't lose that. I think you'll see more 
Netflix films having kind of a theatrical window. And I think that if they can fine tune their studio to their projects to be more marketable, like the things that the things that hit hit like Lucifer hit like crazy. Um, uh, saving that show was incredibly smart, uh, and it did better on Netflix than it did on on uh, NBC or Fox. And I think you're gonna if they can make a few good moves, I think um, that they they're still gonna be viable. But I, I think they made a lot. I think they their hubris was blockbuster esque. Oh yeah, how they handled their shit for a while. Oh yeah, like like. I mean, they just announced today that there's going to be a tier with ads, which they railed against for forever. And it's like, you know, they cut out. Huh? I cut out for a second. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Um, You know, they announced today that there's going to be ads on a, on a tier. And like, once that happens, you know, I, I don't want them to be like, you know, the tier that I'm in, which is like the $14 a month, 15, whatever it is. Um, you know, I don't want that to be like the ad tier and then be like, if you don't want ads and it's going to be 25, I'll just be like, no, that's not what we're doing. Like I can watch your content some other way. I am still, hold on. My, uh, uh, I still get two discs a month. Oh wow. Cause I'm that cool. Netflix is nearly like thirty dollars a month right now. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. So how I get my movies is stupid. So uh, Brooke and Kristen get T-Mobile Tuesdays, which means some Tuesdays they get free rentals from Redbox. So I rent some yeah. things from Redbox. I also get two discs at a time through um, uh, Netflix. I have Netflix streaming. I I pay for uh, Showtime and. Um, I pay for Showtime and I pay for uh, Hulu. No, I'm sorry. Paramount Plus um, without commercials. I have Hulu without commercials currently. I have HBO Max because my parents still have um, AT&T Uverse. So I'm curious to know how quickly that's going to go away. When the Discovery merger is full. Oh, um, and then I have Prime. I with Am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. What? No. Yep. Continue. Okay. So, yeah, I get, I get like my movies like fifteen different ways. Wow. I mean, we, we still, we still have a lot of uh, streaming services. We have HBO max, Amazon, Disney plus, um, Hulu, but like at some point it's just going to be not worth it to, to pay for some of this stuff. Well, that's the thing about like Netflix is for the, they keep marking up the prices, but their quality of product doesn't get any better. It gets broader, but never better. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And that that's why like Amazon is, you know, Amazon doesn't have nearly the, the, but it's got a wide berth of like weird 
shitty movies that from the 80s like uh, uh and and Tubi which is free you know kind of fills the void that that Netflix had for a while well and and Amazon and the the thing that Amazon did was like hey you know we have we have all this content but you're not really paying for that you're paying for free shipping on your purchases right. you just get that as kind of a added bonus which I understand. I mean, they, they still do have stuff that I enjoy, like the boys and invincible and things like that. But you mm -hmm. know, it's not my go-to of like, Hey, I want to watch a movie. Let's go see what's on Amazon. You know, it's more like, well, you know, let's go see what let, let's, let's figure out what movie we want to watch and then figure out where it is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that has been the, the thing. Now I will, I have my DVD queue on, Netflix and therefore I use like because there's only like 20 movies or so that they have that I can actually get through them excuse me <clears throat> but um, the the um, I use that list as kind of a master list for everything that is on Hulu and HBO Max and a couple of other services because Amazon if it falls off Amazon it doesn't fall off Amazon Right. Um, wh whereas it does with every other service, it just normally goes to a price tier, or it just sell tells you that it's no longer available. Right. Yeah. So, but theoretically, I could just put everything on Amazon and not have to worry about Netflix at all. Yeah, and like the stuff that's on the the original stuff that's on there that's that has been good. It it would be worth tracking down other ways, like as opposed to paying a monthly premium to fucking Netflix. Yeah. Are you talking about Amazon? No, Netflix, like, like some of their original stuff, like, um, Cobra Kai and like, um, I don't know if you saw midnight mass, the, the mini series. No, I didn't watch it yet. That's it's on my list. That's my really good. List. There's, there's a ton of like good programming on there that if I hear about it, like there'd be other ways to watch it. And like, I would rather go through that than like giving Netflix more money because it is ridiculous yeah. that every six months it's like, Hey, we're raising the prices again. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's, that's probably where you're, you're getting hit is like Netflix chose a really good time during COVID to raise prices and a really bad time right after COVID to raise prices. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, they they did not. They weren't smart about that. The thing I do like about Amazon is they don't. They still deal in physical media. Um, so if you're going to find a movie on there, generally speaking, at some point it will be ported over to a, a Blu-ray or DVD. Not unlike what you saw, uh, like um, it's more of the the Windows of old from the '80s, where oh, cool, this VHS came out, and I can rent it for X amount of time, but now I can actually purchase it after a year. Right. So which. Netflix, I think that would help them in some ways and then hurt them in other ways. Well, I, I don't know. I think, I think Netflix had a rude awakening and I really think that there's a lot of knee jerk reactions going on. I mean, they've shut 40%. down, they, they shut down like Netflix animation and they killed a bunch of projects and like this week. Yeah. 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 All this, all the stuff that was in Netflix animation that um, the the company itself was producing was axed, and then Oof. they they canceled a bunch of projects that were like 
in development. So, did you say Bright Two? I thought I heard you say Bright Two. Well, that was one of Will them. <laughs> that was one of them. But I mean, that shouldn't have ever had a sequel anyway. I mean, it shouldn't have ever been made. Yeah, I mean that was just terrible. 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 Ter- and I like a lot everybody in it. Yeah, yeah. It just it just wasn't made very well. But I mean. No. Who directed? Did Robin Co- didn't Rob Cohen direct that? I think so. It, it, so you're talking? Well, let, let's, was it him or like, was uh, it was it David Iyer? Oh, it was David Ayer. Yeah, yeah. Ayer or Iyer? I I don't know. One of okay. them. I feel like you're gonna look it up. I am. Get over here so you can actually see my stupid face. Let's. I'm coming see. right. I'm sitting on my back porch tonight. Uh, so it's like we're all sitting by a campfire talking about things. There you go. It was directed by David Ayer. 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 Okay. So the guy to blame for Suicide Squad and End of Watch. And- well, I blame I blame Warner Brothers for Suicide Squad. I don't. I don't. There's nothing that I saw outside of what happened. You know, I understand. I think Warner Brothers made it worse, but I don't think they're to blame solely for Suicide Squad. Okay. What, from what I understand, they, they saw the critical reaction to guardians of the galaxy and said, we need to do that. And they hired the company that cut their trailers to re-edit the film and take it away from the director. And that's, that is what came out. And I think that, that, that is, that was a major mistake. And there is supposedly an air cut of suicide squad that people have seen and said that it's fucking amazing. It's 10 times better. What, what other movie air make that are like, God, because you know, I get the Snyder cut. I don't agree with it in any way, shape or form. Right. Get it. Like, I know we talked about that last, what, what David air movie goes, I think I need more David Ayer movies. I don't know. You know. I mean, that's definitely not a director that I put in my top five, like best directors. He's not even in my top like 20, to be honest. And I did see the comment basically from um, Michael Bay about the CGI and ambulance. I still feel like the uh, overall adrenaline rush that was that movie far overshadowed any um, uh, technical errors. Okay, so looking um, at looking at David Ayer's IMDb, the yeah. only movie of his that I would I would go out on a limb for and say is a decent movie is probably Fury. Even that wasn't that great. No, but I, but, I mean it's it's better than the that. rest of his shit. Fury- End of Watch. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I like everybody in his movies. Yeah. I feel like we should have more Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Crazy old Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> so you have seen that music video. Good. Which, wait, what? Oh, have you not seen the Shia LaBeouf music video? No. Okay. 
Um, can I send it to you real quick? I'm sure we can't play it on here. I mean, what's it called? I don't remember. It is called Shia LaBeouf Live by Rob Cantor. Shia, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. It's with the Men's Gay Chorus. Live, Rob Cantor. Okay. Oh, damn. It's an impressive. Uh, well, okay, so. Have you seen this? It's it shows that I've played it before. <laughs> okay. So I must I must have listened to it at some point. Can we play it during the show? I don't think we can. You're walking in the woods. Oh, There's apparently we no can. Around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. He's following you about thirty feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Living in the woods. Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sport. Shia LaBeouf. Eating all the bodies. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself. <laughs> Stranded with a murderer, you creep silently through the underbrush. Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope! You move stealthily toward it, but your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap! Climb up your leg. Climb. 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 Now you're on the doorstep, sitting inside, shy Wow. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, you have to uh, you have to anybody out there again, uh it's Rob Cantor, C A N T O R mm-hmm. and it's you wait till the end of the music video to really get the entire effect um but um the it, the dance troupe and the 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 men's court chorus that they have behind it uh it's an impressive music video it's worth your time the the giant like um heads like the like the paper yep. cut out heads and stuff <laughs> yeah the paper mache heads <laughs> of shia labeouf yeah oh that's funny but if you can ever gnaw through your leg and be quiet, quiet, then you know you're <laughs> you're a stronger person than I am. <laughs> I I saw Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I liked it. I think it's much better than the second movie, but I still think it's it's not great. No, it's not great, but it was enjoyable at least, unlike the second movie. So yeah, but, I mean, we'll like, probably I enjoyed... spoil some of this here, but um, because last week we we did kind of like skirt around some stuff, but now that you've seen it, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I thought it was crazy that um, the after credit sequence had um, had uh, the come in and Newt Scamander 
Wait. Nick, Nick, uh, not Nick Cage, but uh, I don't know. I happen at the end of every movie. Is it's going to be an Iron Man one oh. scenario? I just yeah. look. I feel like like they saw the second movie that they did and said, "Oh, this was terrible. We need to change all of this." And like they got rid of plot points and story beats from that movie that should have carried over and like they were just gone and instead which one do you specifically talk about like Nagini and um, you know they brought in Nicholas Flamel and the the Sorcerer's Stone and like all this shit that like oh my god I don't remember any of that and I just watched that movie uh, yeah <laughs> I'm so sorry I don't remember any of that yeah I mean I don't know who I mean, and that's the thing, like, it's so forgettable and like, so they go on this, this adventure in the first half of the film that they round the corner into the second half and it's completely wasted time. Like everything that they did in the first half with like, with like, um, you know, we're putting together this team and we're going to go in different directions and all of that was for nothing. Because they oh, yeah. they regroup at um hogs at, at Hogwarts and it's like okay so new plan here we go and it's like why couldn't that just have been the plan in the beginning? They did solve one issue that the second movie have, which is where you can I don't know what it's called where you can appear and reappear in places like it was so hard. Harry Potter takes place in the future. I feel like Harry Potter and and Fantastic Beasts are, are basically the equivalent of Star Wars. Oh my God, I almost said Star Trek and like it's dad. <laughs> um, uh, and, and so, like in the original Star Wars, they had all these like shitty ships. Mm-hmm. The past is like hyper sleek and yellow, and <laughs> and in that first movie, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And the same kind of thing happened. Like, they're like, oh, Harry, hello, how are you doing? You're a wizard, and here's a fireplace, and we go through here, and you're like, oh, but now they can travel through books, they can travel because it's Tuesday, they can travel because, you know, someone farted correctly. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit. And, and like, I remember when a lot of people got, when the second Beast came and I don't know the word appear and reappear on Hogwarts property, and that that aggravated a lot of people. Oh, because the, the apparition thing. Yeah, sure. I, I, <laughs> I trust that you know more than I do. Um, I have, for the record, read all the books and seen all the movies, like all the books. Uh, but, um, but okay, that I remember some of it. That leads that leads to the the whole thing with Jacob. Like Jacob is Which in this. Jacob? He's the Who's muggle. Jacob? He's he's the guy that they oh, gave yeah, gotcha, the gotcha, gotcha. the wand to, and if you read the Harry Potter, which did books, not work, no. If you read the Harry Potter books, Muggles can't see Hogwarts. Like when they when they stumble upon the grounds of Hogwarts, they see nothing but uh, ruins. And so, to have Jacob in Hogwarts talking to uh, students. And then seeing the room of requirement just totally kills a lot of the established lore that Harry Potter set out before it. And but it was that never established in the movies? 
Then okay. it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you got me there. It... I mean, I mean, when it when it all boils down to it, you know, because in the first Star Wars book, that no, <laughs> <laughs> like the novelization. I mean, but I mean, it's it's one of those like it's one of those things that shouldn't be there. And the movie's filled with those. The movie also it has one of the main stars from the first two that is only in it for 60 seconds. And oh then she's God. gone. And I don't know what the hell she said to who about, but it was a, like, it was a Johnny Depp amount of, <laughs> of absence almost. Like you might as well have added, added Johnny Depp in the first few seconds of that movie. And then I've been like, woof, <laughs> we're now Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, I don't, I don't have. he still got paid? He still got paid. He still did because he, he shot for a week or a, he shot, Johnny Depp shot for a very short time. And they should have just brought him in and had him do that, which I don't, shit. I, I don't know. I, I mean, he and his contract apparently was pay or play. And so he gets paid regardless. Um, he listened to Tim Burton as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't necessarily agree with the Warner brothers idea that like, you're going to pull Johnny Depp out of your movies, but you're going to keep Amber Heard in some of your films. Like if you're going to, oh, if you're no. going to pull one out, pull them both out. Like, well, because one of them can act and doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> and then the other one could never act. I'm talking about Amber Heard as the one that can't act. They cannot act. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean that whole situation is fucked up, but what, what Warner brothers really should have done was like, all right, well you like for Amber Heard, she, I guess she wanted Johnny pulled from these movies and they should have been like, well, guess what? You're getting pulled from fucking Aquaman too, because yeah, it, that's all our our IP and like you, we're not going to have this but no they're just mm -hmm. they're going to let that fly and it's like okay I mean I well could, that's not even like a he said she said kind of thing that's a he said about her and then she said about him and vice yeah. versa it's oh, it was brutal yeah I mean I've watched some of the 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 court case and stuff and I mean, some of the. I, I have not. I I mean, I I have it on during the day while I'm working, so I'm catching part of it. But yeah, I mean, it's just weird that like that they were okay with like putting it on the internet and stuff, and I, I don't think. I guess they had what to, on the internet? like the whole thing, the whole court case. Oh. And well, I mean, you saw what kind of ratings it got for. Uh, it, it, had this happened earlier, it may have been able to say CNN Plus. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> but I mean, sorry, you continue though. I mean, I think I think with Fantastic Beasts, uh, they put it in a place where they can say this is it. Like we know that like Dumbledore is supposed to fight Grindelwald in 1945, and maybe we'll make a movie just about that later on. But like, they should. As far as Fantastic Beasts is concerned, this is the end. And they've set it up that way to be like, if they never want to do anything ever again with these characters, they're in a place where they can just go and say, oh, no, it was always meant to be three, even though we said five. Um, 
because like now with Ezra Miller flipping out and like getting arrested several times in in as many weeks in Hawaii, like they can, I, I do, they, I do feel bad for Warner Brothers. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I feel bad for Warner Brothers and I feel bad for DC. DC has been trying to get shit started and it has blown up in their face every single time. And it's like, they can't win. They're going to hire somebody. They're like, we're going to build the, you know, we got this young kid. He's going to take the flash. He can be in it for a while. It'll be great. He's breaking in the people's hotel rooms. He's throwing chairs at people. And they're like, Oh yeah. God, what the fuck? And then well, you're like, it's all alleged with Johnny Depp, what he and Amber Heard did to each other. Yeah. Allegedly what she did, allegedly he did. But it is 100% fact what Ezra Miller did. Yeah. Like, and, it's on record. And so, like, Warner Brothers has made it so that, like, in the movie, Credence is apparently dying. So they can write him completely out of the script and be like, oh, no, he died. It was just off screen. I was curious. To, I felt that it felt like on one hand, because there was enough of that movie to kind of do that that basically did shout this was the plan all along was it not as far as like this being like a wrap up as far as credence is concerned and i really wanted to see his clearwater revival <laughs> i don't know whether or not this was the plan all along i mean they planned five movies and i feel oh, I just like mean with that character well but i feel like at some point um there was a discussion of after the, that last one came out and they fired Johnny Depp that like they have to put this in a place where if we want to revisit the characters we can but you need to kind of make this a standalone wrap up of the last couple of movies and they did and they did I mean it 100% did it wrapped up like love good his character it wrapped up like uh, it, it, it gave a, a um, it put a pin in Dumbledore and put a pen in Grindelwald yep. or Grindelwald, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, they easily edited out all the gay shit for China. Because, hmm. well, that's what I, I was like. They don't, they don't like, uh, they wouldn't do Shang-Chi, which I think is a relatively good uh, representation of Chinese culture, but that's coming from a white guy. So, you know, what the hell do <laughs> I know? Um, and, you know, it, it, it was a celebration of that, whether it was accurate or not. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then at that point <laughs> they, they couldn't release that in China, but this will be fine as long as they, you know, have a little less touching from, uh, Grindelwald and, uh, Dumbledore. Well, and they're not like, they just announced today that India is not going to show Dr. Strange too, because of, there's a gay character and it's like, okay, whatever. Is that America Chavez? I guess so. India doesn't even like China. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be cool. You think like they China. like gay people less than they like China? I think so. Let's talk about abortion. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I really finally enjoyed Newt Scamander. Is that is that how you pronounce the name? I'm sorry. Newt Scamander. Go ahead. Scamander. Scamander. Mm-hmm. Scaram- Wait, Scaramanga no, was the bad guy from The Man with the Golden Gun. Maybe I'm confusing the two. Okay. Do you think Newt had three nipples? Um, 
do you not remember that plot point from that's how it was identified and then roger moore had put on a prosthetic nipple and then basically like at one point like put it in his mouth and it was weird that movie's weird man the roger moore movies especially on this last rewatch do not hold up quite as well <laughs> who's your fa- favorite bond and if you say daniel craig i'm hanging out oh it's sean connery okay good um but I I liked his character finally and I liked the time that he spent with his brother and I felt that they did a really good job of, of fixing that relationship up. You know, I, I liked the relationship because the two characters that you really did like throughout the first two were the muggle dude, Jacob. Uh-huh. Is that his name? Yep. And and Blondie, which I don't think is her name. Queenie. Um Queenie, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, those are the two characters, and they did pretty. They paid, uh, they gave them enough time in this movie. Although, you know, cool. I guess we won't hold her responsible for anything that she did during this. Yeah, period of just period gonna of just gonna get married to forget the fact that she hung out with you know. But that's okay. So that was the other thing that we talked about last week that that you were trying to like ask, and and I was trying not to say anything. But there's a whole yeah, plot yeah. point where it's like. Hey, guess what? We we absolve Grindelwald of all of his crimes, so that Why? that he can run for the magical president spot. And it's like that was the whole point of the first two films. Is that there's this guy and he's terrible and like he's the worst thing in a hundred years of of the wizards. And it's like oh, but he's okay now. You 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 can tell that whomever wrote this, whether it be J.K. Rowling's original draft or Stephen Cloves' second draft, you could tell that they had a hard-on for the Trumpian plot, and that's what they were trying to do. Yes. I lived through that, and like it or not, I'm not I'm not commenting on, on it at all. Um, but what, 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 why? It, it's done. You know that that even if we'd still been in his second term, I don't want to hear about it. I I feel like there's this weird there's this weird thing in Hollywood where they they think that to be relatable to an audience, it has to mirror what's going on in present day. Star Trek does that a lot. Star Trek, is, yeah, but Star Trek makes sense. Uh, well, well, mm, sometimes not no, not really the new stuff, but the older stuff, I like Discovery. Oh, dude. I haven't watched the third season yet, though. Don't tell me. Oh, the first two were terrible. Does it get worse? Aren't they? What are you talking? The, the second half of the first season was some of the best Star Trek, period. There's four seasons of Discovery. Then I have seen the third season. I have not seen the fourth season. I'm sorry. Okay. The first two? You didn't like the first half of the first season? No. No, I didn't like the Klingon the thing. I didn't like the Red Angel thing. I was okay with them going the to the future because I was like, okay, at least then that they're not caught under the idea of like the canon and like like racing up to established timelines and shit. They could do what they wanted. But I like, loved the the new new Brave New World setup. I I absolutely like loved that. I was a Mador. My my problem, but with, you love the Picard stuff, and I'm not a big fan. Well, and I'm, I, I know I'm we can talk about that, that too. But um, sorry, sorry, sorry. I feel like the biggest problem with Discovery is that 
every single season has to have this gigantic galactic crisis and yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't need to be that way it does like one of the things that I think hurts new Star Trek is the idea that it's not just episodic that that there's an overarching story to everything now and I brave think, new world's gonna fix that man well I hope so I it's it's got it's got the promise of being something really good. And I hope that you, they can follow through. Do you, you know? Okay. So I am discovery. I understand Picard. Um, I think the best new Star Trek show out there, and I may be in the minority on this as well. And if I am, please, please write in uh, Chris's email address. No, I'm kidding. Um, do we have an email address? Dance monkey info, podcast. Info at, at dance monkey podcast.com. Okay. I, I thought it was an AOL address, but um uh, uh, lower decks is surprisingly got everything right because it does still have this overarching thing to it, but it deals with this nice jokey storyline in the same way that the Orville did mm-hmm. a lot of the time, but it kind of took on some of the serious stuff again, like the Orville did. I, I have not seen any of the animated stuff. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it, prodigy. It, it, it's, it's a quick, we, uh, Chrissy and I watched it. Um, we watched it within a day and it's definitely one of those things that's like, it's, it's better than it has any right to, because you're like, Oh, this is jokey and it's fun. Ha ha ha. And then things happen in, within the season that uh, kind of builds it all out for the season, all the discovery. And it still has things that could reverberate through the entire Star Trek canon, but deals with it in a more lighthearted way without right. being kiddie, uh, which is what, did I say Prodigy? No, I said, yeah, Prodigy is, is fun and cute and your daughter can watch it, but it's not for you and me necessarily. Right. Uh, but, but Lower Decks is. Okay. I mean, I, I really liked the beginning of the season of Picard. Um, okay. I thought the this first, one? the first three season, uh, the first three episodes were amazing. And then it felt like they hit some kind of weird slump of like, I don't, maybe I'm just tired of like having to go back into the past to fix the future thing. And I have it so much. I mean, in the original there's well in every, like there's, there's episodes in next generation where they go back to the past and it's just like, okay, we've seen this, like we've seen the, the Terran empire or like the new confederation or whatever they're calling it. Now we've seen all that. I haven't read, I haven't seen start. At Picard season two. Okay. I mean, it's in the trailers, so I'm not really spoiling too much. I, I haven't watched the trailer. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm behind. I'm trying. But, I mean... If it, you want to talk about Young Rock season one, I can talk about that today. Uh, No. Okay. I don't I don't watch any... Um, I don't, Situational comedy? I, no, I don't think I've watched any network television in years uh, I don't know where it's streaming but I, I got the DVD from the library it's good it's it's a cute show I, I enjoyed it it's nice like Goldberg's okay it's another Sorry. one I don't watch but whatever I know and I um, okay so uh, back to fantastic uh-huh. um, 
I enjoyed the ending and I felt like, again, like you said, what they can do is they, they need to split the universe into another, find another vein, whether it be after everything that happened with Voldemort uh, or before everything with, or, or like dealing with Voldemort as a kid. Um, you know, Tom Riddle, that story. Cause I think that would be interesting for kids to watch or you kind of go full adult, but I don't think the adult, the Fantastic Beasts, I feel like it kind of skirts, but you really need to kind of have more of a um, a Marvel-esque adultness to those Harry Potter movies. And then, but it feels like geopolitical satire, like um, Star Wars Phantom Menace, uh, for some reason to me. That's what I was constantly thinking of while Grindelwald is being elected as president of magic or whatever it is by by this little like we're leaving by bambi we're we're leaving so okay explain this to me because this is something i didn't understand during the movie i cannot they went on and on about like we'll let grindelwald run and when people vote and he loses then that'll be the end of it but the dude knew he wasn't gonna lose but Nobody votes. They left they it did, up with they, the wands at the end. But they left it up to the Bambi thing to pick. No, he he was the person who basically he was the elect college. Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Okay, sure. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that. I mean, that's one of those things that made no sense to me. It's like, but you said that everybody was going to vote, and then like this thing is going to pick no matter what. And then it picks Dumbledore, which no, they said that shouldn't like Dumbledore. Like that was the biggest, weirdest thing in the movie is like Dumbledore is not a good person. Well, you think he would go to to who? You kind of the, the Muggle. Oh, to Jacob. Huh? Yeah, I thought he was going to go to Newt. I thought like Newt was going to be the you know. Because Newt's got a good heart. Newt's not in it for anything but the animals. And but that 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 is the sole thing he's the sole reason he's in it. Right, but that's why I thought that it was going to go to Newt, and like Newt would be like, "No, no, no, I can't do it." But like, it goes to Dumbledore, and it's like Dumbledore well, think, is like this manipulative yeah. person in the magic world. He, he is the Obi Wan Kenobi of. Yeah, he's he's lying to get what he needs done, and it's like, wow, okay. And then this thing shows up and is like, you should be the magic dude. And he's like, no, not me. That's what I was really hoping for. Like, I'd really like to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi-esque Mandalorian take on Dumbledore. That's what I think they need to do. Like him walking the desert? That's probably what they should do, is wrap up the, that specific storyline with those two actors in a 10 episode TV series or, you know, how many ever seasons of that, that they need. Yeah. I mean, I mean for that, for that, they could remake the entire Harry Potter franchise as a TV show. That's episodic that they could actually include most of the shit from the books in, you know, and do like, they would have to rewrite the books and make them good. (laughs) So, uh, of course, you could all go the uh, Peter Jackson route and make okay version of all things. Oh. Well, 
Peter Jackson's a bit don't say anything. Look, I I liked Lord of the Rings. I couldn't stand any of the Hobbit movies. See, I agree. Um, I don't think Return of the King is the one that deserved the because the only solid solid movie all the way through is Fellowship of the Ring. I think. Yeah. Um, as much as I do enjoy all three of the films, uh, mind you, I've not read any of the source material, so this is strictly from a cinematic. Uh, opinion okay but um i i enjoyed watching the actors so much that it filled in a lot of the bullshit i did not enjoy the watching those actors for nine hours in the first set or the second the set? hobbit uh, no the i mean set. i mean i i watched all the hobbit movies I think I only watched the first one in the theater and I think I waited for the, okay. for the DVDs to come for the second two. Yeah. Um, but I recently retry tried to rewatch the first Hobbit film because it's on HBO max and I made it through about 10 minutes and I was like, I can't, this doesn't I've keep got my on attention. Blu-ray if you want to borrow. No, <laughs> no. Okay. Like I'm, if, if I can't, if I can't, if it can't hold my attention, um, I just, I can't be bothered. Like, I'm not just going to leave it on to get through it. No, like I just, no, I, I get that. I can't do that. And like, that was one of those things I was like, this is fucking terrible. Like, but I, I, assu- I assume you guys talked about ghostbusters afterlife. Did you enjoy that one? Yes, I did. I did enjoy it. Okay. Sorry. I enjoyed. Oh yeah. No, we, I think we talked about it. Did we? Uh, over like text messages. Oh. You're like, tell me that you cried. I'm like, I cried. I cried. Stop yelling at me. No, I think it, I think I think what I said was, am I the only one that cried during that? That is that is an accurate statement. Yes. Um, and no, that that is not true. I'm and I know I I've seen all the reviews of like it was all fan service and it was all like there was nothing new in it and I was like, but for fans of the original, that's what they wanted to see what I am hoping for and what will make afterlife a better film yeah. is <clears throat> I loved Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed afterlife. I loved Ghostbusters one so much that I kind of love Ghostbusters two. But if you tell me you don't like Ghostbusters, but it's this the same thing is true of Ghostbusters uh, that is true of Back to the Future, that is true of Jurassic Park. I will watch a Velociraptor on an airplane scream someone's name over and over simply because I love the first one so much. Alan, um, Alan, God, it's my favorite thing ever. Um, but and I'm hoping they bring back that and. Dominion, um, but I hope Blue just walks up and be like, "Alan, Alan, figured out the entire thing. He can communicate." So it's a, it's a uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes situation. Yeah. Um, but I I want to see them make Ghostbusters four that has all of the characters included in some way, shape, or form, but is a new thing that will show that the Ghostbusters property has legs. 
outside of the animated series. I, I didn't mind. I didn't in no way love, but I, I understood that what they were trying to accomplish was not accomplished in who are you going to call or answer the call? Yeah. Uh, female Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't, I, I was like, I, I get it, but you just didn't get, get Ghostbusters. You, you understood the horror of it, but you didn't understand the comedy. No. And, and the female Ghostbusters movie is how many jokes can we cram into the two hours for the sake of jokes and what they didn't realize is that what was funny about Ghostbusters was the the, the chemistry between the th the four guys. Right. And I mean, you had Egon making an occasional joke. You had Ray being kind of the straight guy in some ways, although Egon was the very straight guy. But then Bill Murray. But they were all trying to be Bill Murray. Right. Except for uh, the the tall lady, um, Leslie Jones. Oh. Who I thought she was pretty good. I mean, I didn't like, I've seen the movie twice. Um, I watched it when it first came out and I was like, I don't like this. And then yeah, I recently, like when afterlife came out, I was like, let me give it another shot. Let me, let me sit there and, and sit back down and watch it. Um, and see if there's something redeeming about it. And like, there are jokes about, uh, wontons, wontons. And, a lot of wonton jokes and there's a there's a Pringles joke in there at one point and I was like this is fucking terrible and Chris Hemsworth was was bit Brooks biggest problem with the movie uh, yeah I mean so you have a movie where you're like it's going to be an all-female cast and because women ha need representation or whatever whatever road they were going I don't down. think that is reason for that although I do think that was the driving help oh, me froze are you still there hello this hasn't happened in a while <laughs> Brandon Brandon Brandon. You come back? Where are you? I can't can't hear you, can't see you. What's going on? Recording stopped. <laughs> and he's gone. Recording in progress. Are you back? I'm so sorry. My internet <laughs> craps out from time to time. That's okay. Um, okay, so so last thing I heard w was uh, female representation. Yeah. So yada, yada, yada. so you have this you have this movie where it's like we're gonna make this all about female Ghostbusters, and then they bring in Chris Hemsworth and they oogle him on screen for ten minutes. I know. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, what happened to like? is this what the female perspective is? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't made for me. I don't know. No, I don't think it was made for anybody. <laughs> no, but, I, and the, and the point, I think the point I was trying to make before was that, um, 
you know, people talk about afterlife and like fan service, but what they're not realizing was Jason Reitman made that as a love letter to his dad and mm-hmm. was able to incorporate the original Ghostbusters and tie up the story with Egon and all that stuff and introduce new characters. And it works. It works as a movie. Now, now that Ivan's dead, I don't know whether or not Jason will make another one. I really don't. I I don't know whether he's his heart's in it anymore. Well, I think there were issues possibly, according to, to Jason, that his dad kind of fixed as far as that storyline goes. Okay. And you could either end... froze again and uh i'm hoping to tell another good or great ghostbusters story but but i I think that the the captain of the ship really needs to to whoever takes over really needs to kind of recognize what was good and bad about those yeah and i it's not all great i mean what well what wasn't great Oh, no, I mean, there are things about, like a Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah, well. You know, I mean, not a fantastic film, but there are good things about it. You know, the special effects, say what you will about Ghostbusters, answer the call. The special effects in that movie are fantastic, in my opinion. Like, as far as the the look, especially if you, if you watch the Blu-ray and the 16 by 9, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm where the, the ooze bleeds out over the screen and things like that. It, it did a lot of stuff that I think Ang Lee did really well with The Life of Pi. Again, a film that is not perfect, but but um, did you did you like the special effects of that film? I guess that's my, that should be my question. And the answer to the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, it was a modern movie with modern special effects. Um. You know, but I also think that like if you watch Afterlife, the one of the things that they did was they tried to make the visual effects representative of 1984 with current techniques. And I think I think they look really good. I think like the terror dog transformations and, you know, I think the the adding of the visual effects to Zool, not Zool, Gozer, um, you know, just made it look. 10 times better. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they weren't going over the top with like a Times square full of ghosts. They, you know, there was very few. Oh my God. Th- that was the thing. That... What the Times square thing. No, I'm sorry. I'm, you keep going. No, go ahead. Yeah, oh, st- like um, as soon as you saw tape off marshmallow, man, like th- it referenced the first films too much for it not to exist. Well, and it's not in the same universe. Like, like, you know, the, it, there were no Ghostbusters that, you know, and they're taken over for him or whatever. Like it was Ghostbusters never right. existed. And now they, these women are, are the pioneers of this. But here's a safe of Marshmallow Man. And here's they're going to set up shop in the firehouse. And it's like. And here's Slimer. Yeah. And, you know, I just I don't know. I have a lot of problems with that movie. I think Afterlife was. If it's going to be the final Ghostbusters film, uh, I think it, I, I did, it did a I, good I, job. And I would love to see the, the, a Ghostbusters TV show, you know, 
extreme Ghostbusters, which is not the best animated <laughs> Ghostbusters by any means, but there were a lot of issues with real Ghostbusters as well. Um, but I think they were talking about like bringing in a, a, a Eliza from Buffy, Faith from Buffy. Eliza Dushku? Yeah, she was supposed to be like the leader of the new Ghostbusters that was supposed to be, you know, these kids find this equipment uh, and they turn it on and, they, and then they have to be kind of coached into being Ghostbusters since Ghostbusters have been gone for so long. Okay. But I, I, I like that idea. You know, I don't mind bringing in a younger audience. But it really all kind of needs to kind of connect. No, so even if it's just tertiary. And I liked, I liked the kids in Afterlife. You know, my biggest problem with those things yeah. is like, okay, we're gonna do kids, kid Ghostbusters, and like when you first heard, it, I was like, okay, could this be good? But I think the the actors that they got, even the even the kid that played podcast, even though he was like over the top, um, comedic relief, I think it worked. You know, I and I I think McKenna Grace was like the home run of that movie of like she can channel Har- Harold Ramis and like you know it's like watching a kid version of him. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and she's fantastic. And, yeah, and like yeah. the whole thing with like the jokes, and you know, I I like Paul Rudd. Um, but like he's now playing himself in like all the roles and you know uh, and he can because he's a vampire and he'll be around <laughs> forever and yep. we just need um i uh i i like paul rudd movies that i i think i'm i think i'm in the uh minority on no uh uh Clues. I hated that movie, but I watched it eight thousand times. <laughs> and Brooke bought me this wonderful Blu-ray, where it's got glitter on the front, so I'm entertained watching the case as much as I'm watching the movie. Okay. Um, I hate that movie, but I've watched it a lot. It's like Jaws. If it's on, I can watch it. Oh, I thought you were going to say that Jaws was a, ter- a terrible movie. No, Jaws is an amazing movie. There, there are certain movies that, like, wh- what are the movies that, if it's on, you're going to watch it? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodfellas. Uh, there's several. Those are the two, though, that stick out the most to me. Uh, I remember when Goodfellas. Oh, did you came out? There you are. And everybody's like, yeah, it's a pretty good film. And same thing with Shawshank, honestly. Uh, and you're like, oh, these movies are going to be out forever. This is the movie. that everybody's everything's gonna be yep you're like breaking up breathe oh great <laughs> well i'm glad we could um that you're getting every third point for me because that's probably the only interesting one <laughs> um you know the, those movies uh, uh like casino is a movie where everybody's like no this is shit. and everybody's now is like no it's one of scorsese's finest i don't like casino as much as i like goodfellas though I think that you, it's it's kind of Star Trek, Star Wars. I guess. You know, I think it's just you, what's your what's your you, well, what's your bad? Like Marine Warfare or uh, Samurai Saga? Wait, say that again. 
do you like submarine warfare or samurai saga submarine warfare so you're a star trek person well i like both i, I do too i, I mean what, what i like star wars and i like star trek for different reasons but i mean you know i've seen more war movies than i've seen like samurai type things so you know are you still there did you go away again oh have you, have you gotten into Kira yeah I'm here okay have, have you gotten to Kira Kurosawa's film no not yet oh man it's good you know you're still breaking up I'm uh, damn it I'm sorry <laughs> um yeah I uh, Akira Kurosawa is almost at all yeah I I mean I know or am I still breaking up yeah I mean I know I know his films I've just never sat down to watch them it's a different type of thing. But it's um it's well worth your time. Like um do you watch old films in general or I try to. I I there's a list that I have of, of movies that are considered like classics that I've never seen that I try to, to knock through. Ooh, they are okay now you sound like you're in a tunnel what what are those films i mean i've only seen a couple of um hitchcock films um i've never seen citizen kane um i sound like what huh i love uh, i saw kane last time I saw Kane was in the movie theater. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that, that is on HBO max and like I can sit down and watch it, but I've just never had the opportunity to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do with the next two hours. <laughs> with, with those films. So just watch and we sat down and watched it at the terrace. Everybody was there to pick up their phone. You know, you're not really tall, sitting down and paying attention to it. And I think that things, there are certain movies out there that require that. Um, is one of those films. Yeah, and that's why that's why I've never gotten around to it, because I, I want to pay attention. I want to sit there and you know, I don't want it on while I'm doing something else. Yeah. I mean, he did things with that movie, not to get too far down that rabbit hole, but you know, King Kong is one of those other films where in the 1933 King Kong, mm -hmm. where they were doing new things. They were making new cameras specifically for those movies. Um, he was, you know, it was like, Oh, this character's weaker. So I'm going to dig a hole 
And if he's looking at Kane, he's going to be looking up at Citizen Kane. And if, you know, if this character is from Kane's perspective, it's going to be, he's going to be looking down at him. So new angles that like, there's one part where they're unloading, I think a um, safety deposit box and they made a camera that had a long focus to it. Right. And those things for me are just, you can watch that movie on, on a strictly performance thing and you can watch Joseph Cotton kick acting in the nuts time and time again. Uh, and you can watch, you know, Agnes Moorhead be just amazing. And you're like, Oh, that is the same woman that was on bewitched. Uh, you can watch Orson Welles writing what he did with, with, uh, Joe Manx. Um, it, it's amazing. And, and then on top of that, technically it's a spectacular film. So it's, it's one of those films that you can watch three different ways, okay. honestly. Yeah, um, I mean that's definitely on the list. I just I got to get around to it. Wh- wh- where did you get the list from? Huh? Say that again. Where did you get the list from, or did you make it yourself? I just made it myself. Where Where did you get your list? I made it myself. Okay. No, I, I yeah okay. I gotcha. It's just, it's just uh, AFI's things, list is pretty tight. Like, like I go, I go, I'll read something about like a filmmaker and I'll go down a rabbit hole of like, I want to see some of his films because I'm interested in whatever it was that I read. And so like, I realize, Oh, that person made this and that person made this. And I've, I've either seen it once or I've never seen it. And it's like, I really need to like see that. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I, my uh, life is mostly like science fiction and like war movies and and comic book films. And so, like, I try to stretch like for for a while and I'm trying to get back into it is I'll watch one movie I've seen, but I haven't seen it in a long time and one movie I haven't. And like I try to do that in a day in order to kind of like keep that list moving. Yeah. I, I so uh, this may be gigantically boring, uh, but we got it's probably like ten or twelve years ago now. We watched all of the AFI one hundred, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, we watched every single sequel. So if you've never seen the French Connection two, it is a movie that was made, um, <laughs> and then at that point when it was updated in 2007 I redid the list and we watched all of those movies along with all of their sequels and then I went through and made a list of about five or six hundred movies that was nominated for that list and I think we're down to about 180 of those but that is a that is a decade long journey like um, I'll be honest, I'm looking at the the AFI 100 years, 100 movies, 10th anniversary edition yeah. thing. 2007, yeah. And out of the top 10 movies, I've seen four of them. What? What are those top 10? Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Casablanca, Raging Bull, Singing in the Rain, Gotten with the Wind. Lawrence of Arabia, Schindler's List, Vertigo, and Wizard of Oz. What the fuck have you not seen on that list? 
I haven't seen Citizen Kane. Um, Excellent. I don't think I've ever seen Casablanca. That is a spectacular film as well. I've never seen Singing in the Rain. Never seen <laughs> Gone with the, the Wind. The, I, I, I recommend that, but it's not the top of the movie list that I would recommend to everybody because it is a four-hour epic. Ben-Hur falls into that same category. I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia, and I've never seen Vertigo. Cinematography in both of those is phenomenal. Now, Vertigo is often quoted as the best film of all time if Citizen Kane is not at the top of the list. Okay. You've seen The Godfather, though. Yes. Oh, I've seen all three. I sat through the third one. Every Everybody who watches the first two and realizes what could happen, you're like, well, maybe it's not as bad as everybody says, and, and it is. <laughs> Now, see the bottom. Yeah, um, the bottom of the list, I've seen almost all of them. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, because it's all stuff that's really great, but not quite as "quote unquote" good. You know, you're talking about like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Toy Story and this kind of film set at the bottom. Raiders of the Lost Ark is sixty six. Mm-hmm. Toy Story is ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner is ninety seven. Pulp That's Fiction is 94. Movie. Also a great movie. French Connection is 93. Goodfellas is 92. A movie that isn't talked about enough that is a great film is the original Manchurian Candidate. Okay. Which I think falls around the middle of that list as well. Um. <laughs> For those of you who cannot see this at home, Chris is deep in thought. I'm just trying to read as I scroll. I don't see the Manchurian Candidate on here. It may have dropped off the list in, in 2007, but it's it's. I, I think it's a film that doesn't get enough credit. Okay. No, it's not on here. Angela Lansbury is spectacular in that movie. I like turn bread. Frank Sinatra is really good in that movie too. I like turn bed knobs and broomsticks. Bed knobs and broomsticks. I thought Frank Sinatra was a weird, uh, weird addition to that. No, not Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of movies I need to see before I die. Yeah. And I'm, that list that you have in front of you, I've seen every single one of those movies. <laughs> At least once. Well, that's because you're a content-eating machine. Well, that's because they're also great. And, and there, are, there are like five movies off that list that I just didn't like at all. But so is sunlight. So is being outside. I go outside. I'm here now. I'm outside <laughs> talking to you currently. But you're sitting in the dark. With, with a cigar. Yeah. The only thing I don't have is whiskey. Okay. Well, I can't help <laughs> okay. you with that. <laughs> so you haven't you haven't had your first drink since Sunday? No. Wanted to. <laughs> Several times. Any day that I'm not drinking. Uh, what, what Dean Martin? I think it was a Dean Martin quote. He said, "I, I, uh, I'm going to misquote this, so I'm paraphrasing, mind you." He said, "Uh." He's like, I'm happy that I drink because anytime anybody who doesn't drink 
uh, when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> You're still pensive, man. What? You're very pensive. Why? You're just deep in thought. I'm looking up. Now I'm looking up uh, Dean Martin quotes. Dean Martin quotes? Okay. Yeah. Uh, when your opponent is sitting there holding all the aces, there's only one thing to do. Kick over the table. Dean Martin. I feel sorry for people who don't drink. When they wake up in the morning, that's as good as they're going to feel all day. You were close. Really good in the sons of Katie Elder. When you're not drunk, if you can lie on the floor, if you're not drunk, you're not drunk if you can lie on the floor without holding on. Okay. <laughs> if there's one movie out there that you haven't seen that should be at the top of your list, what is that movie? I think Citizen Kane. I think that's the mm-hmm. one that's the one that pioneered all the modern filmmaking techniques and stuff and you know was was revolutionary for what they did and and again that's the one that I want to pay attention to so I have it on Blu-ray if you're ready to whenever you're ready it's also on HBO it's on HBO Max it's on HBO Max but it's better on Blu-ray okay I I watched it on VHS I watched it on DVD and the uh, it's depending on obviously not my uh, streaming as we can tell by my uh, internet this evening (laughs) Um, but uh, in general uh, I think blu-ray beats out streaming that's that's the that's the thing tonight i don't know how many of your uh your listeners uh care about sound and video but i don't know but you should because that is what you do for your living well yeah but i i also make things that that are only seen on like streaming type things a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of what I do, a lot of what I've done, um, with you project wise lives on the internet. A lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that I do for work lives on That's the true. internet. So a lot of a lot of that at like is bandwidth dependent, and not so much like That's on true. physical media. So let me ask you this question: If there's one movie that you would um, recommend that everyone watch on a larger television in the best quality possible, not counting the big ones like Star Wars or, or Star, Trek, <laughs> Star Trek, the director's cut. Um, what would that be? What was the one movie that you're like, no, this is the movie that you need to watch on 4k or whatever. Uh, 2001 space odyssey. It's an amazing film. I think it's in the coup. The Kubrick set is really good. Yeah, the 
that movie holds the distinction of like um when you watch the compositing of the spaceships in space um it's the cleanest that you will ever see even in digital production and it was all done yeah. with still cameras and models and Kubrick is very well known for the fact that like he would do it until it was right or that he was satisfied mm-hmm. and it really shows in that movie that like everything is just like perfect in it and um Kubrick being one of my favorite directors and sci-fi being like my main jam I think that at the end of the day if you're going to see one large format film like in the best quality it should be that Uh, even with a uh, plate of glass and a pen yeah I mean and it was in the mid 60s and they were able to pull this shit off and like like I saw a quote about it the other day that like somebody had watched it for the first time and they were like, I was bored in the beginning. I was, um, I was on the edge of my seat in the middle and I had no fucking clue what was going on at the end. And it was like, that is 2001 in a nutshell. And like, but it's done so well that like, even if you're bored with the, with the monkeys in the beginning, like, once you get through that, it's, it's edge of your seat until the very end. Even if you're scratching your head going like, why is there a big white room and an old man sleeping in it? And if you read the book, it explains things. I'm sure it does. In a completely different way. <laughs> well, they were writing the book and the film at the same time. He was making the movie while the guy was writing the book. Well, yeah. And so that's why the end he didn't quite get to the ending as, and so the ending of the book is far different uh, than the movie um, but I did I was able to actually watch that in an IMAX theater right I mean, and I think what and, I love about Kubrick too is the fact that if it you was, it, it, it holds up to large format okay I mean I think one of the things that I love about Kubrick is the fact that every single one of his films is a different genre and he was very much set of like I'm going to make a war film so we're going to do um, um, Full Metal Jacket and you know I want to do a horror film so we're going to do The Shining and like every single one of his films he kind of throws himself into and there are some amazing documentaries about like the amount of research that he did and um I guess he was going to make a movie about Napoleon where he's got like giant rooms filled with like photo references of Napoleonic stuff and like just the amount of detail that he would go into. Um, and like he would buy all these cameras and all these lenses and be like, well, we're not going to rent anything. We're just going to use what I've bought. And like there are interviews with people where they're (laughs) never made that movie. Well, but there are people that like, there was one guy whose job it was, was to go out and buy a camera and a lens and they would shoot stuff and test it. And Kubrick would be like, I don't like that lens. 
um, let's try a, a 50 millimeter instead of an 85 and see what that does. They have to go out and buy the 50 millimeter lens. And like he had this, when he died, he had this gigantic collection of camera gear and like they, they did a, they did a, like a, a traveling museum piece where they would lay out all these lenses. And it was like, that's the lens that photographed Jack Nicholson in the cooler in the shining where Kubrick was laying on his back and like you that's film history in glass sitting there. And it's like you, nobody else does that. Nobody else is like, I'm going to buy all the camera gear for this film. The, these auteurs, each of them is different. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like modern auteurs. Like we talked about, last week you know we talked about Robert Rodriguez specifically Quentin Tarantino uh, being the, the true um, but I think like of those people who came up I, I think that David Lynch David Cronenberg Steven Spielberg Martin Scorsese um, to a lesser degree George Lucas when he was actually making movies in the beginning, uh, anything before Star Wars, uh, Stanley Kubrick, they all had something to say and to offer and really truly had a love of film that wasn't the 80s referential shit that mm -hmm. I still love, mind you. I, I love it. But if you watch, even in their, their worst on their worst day, if you watch Eyes Wide Shut, or you watch um, uh, Jackie Brown, or if you watch Always, um, if you watch uh, THX uh, 1181, 1138, 1138, sorry. They, they all have, they all, is, I, I mean, Martin, I, I really enjoy that Martin Scorsese cares so much about the characters that, like, have you have not, or have you have watched Raging Bull? I have. Yeah, I mean, that's just a beautiful, brilliant film. Mm -hmm. And and even as shit that isn't as good, you know, Silence or, you know, I think he, didn't he direct the Keanu Reeves Little Buddha or whatever it was? I don't know. What was the, anyway, not important. Th those lesser films are still, they still have something important to say, um, even though they weren't successful at saying those things. Um, but man, like that's why I enjoy watching those filmmakers. And, and that's why I really want to see this new, that's why I really hope that a JJ Abrams comes out and goes, here's my great thing here. You know, M night Shyamalan, here's my great thing. And they never do. They never, ever do. I mean, JJ Abrams could have really been that next director. He could easily. And I don't. I honestly don't know what happened. Super Eight was a catastrophe. Yeah, but is that is that where it goes wrong for him? Is that where? No, it's when he believed his own shit. It, it's when he, it, it's when he believed his own stuff uh, about all of these things. Because like you watch you watch his television like in alias and it, it taught him how to tell a story, but he never learned how to stick the landing. Uh, and, and 
in the same way M. Night Shyamalan is a pretty good cinematic director, but he could never tell the story that he was trying to tell. He could never get out of his own way. Uh, Zack Snyder can never get out of his own way. Well, and Shyamalan uh, has, well that, enough to tell it. has that issue of like, he's got to put himself in it. And like, it got to be more and more bigger, bigger parts of the movie. And when you get to like lady in the water, he's the writer in the movie where he's got to like exposit all the exposition. And it's like, dude, you're the fucking filmmaker. Just, you're not you're not Hitchcock. You don't have to be in every fucking thing that you make. Well, Hitchcock didn't believe his own he didn't believe his own height. No. That's the whole thing. Is Hitchcock was just trying to make a film for the audience. Right. If you watch like his uh, The Lodger from I think it's 22, the original Lodger, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's almost a nearly silent film if it's not silent. But there's so much tension in that film. And it just never lets up. And it, it's not a great film, but it, it sure is a damn good film. And so that's, that's where a lot of people go wrong is, are you trying to tell the story that you're trying to tell in the cleanest way possible so that the audience can understand it? Are you just trying to, to make the movie that you want to make? And that works and that doesn't work. If you're making a film for the audience, you're Hitchcock and you're Spielberg. If you're making the audit the the movie for you, then you sure shit better make sure you're Stanley Kubrick, and newsflash, you ain't Stanley Kubrick. No, and Shyamalan fell into that. You know, Sixth Sense has a cool twist at the end, so now everything has to have a twist, and it's like, no, it doesn't. You could just tell a, a good story. It doesn't have to be the glasses of water left all over the fucking house because there are signs, and it was like, ugh, okay. I, I, I personally do like that movie uh, and I, I, th- I think that he can't because you could tell that by the way that he um, directed and wrote I don't know if he wrote pardon um, uh, After Earth and Last Airbender were the movies where you're like no matter what budget you're going to give him no matter how much freedom you're going to give him he cannot make that movie oh, okay. and I think uh, if you're left to your own devices and you don't have anything original to say, but you can shoot the shit out of something, you end up with Super 8 and you end up with uh, The Force Awakens. I, I mean, at least The Force Awakens had some um, fan service in it that at least was kind of appealing. But if you don't understand the characters and you you really don't understand what made those original films great then then you end up then you end up with with you know all the Zack Snyder shit and you end yeah. up with because it all fell apart in the third film there's nothing about that movie that, that's all fan service and that did make a damn bit of sense well that also suffered from um, studio interference that was there are those stories of um editors being on set and there being three separate cuts of the film there was the the director's cut the producer's cut and the studio cut and the studio cuts the one that they released and everybody hated there there's not a single fresh idea that that in any 
film that J.J. Abrams has made, period. Like Mission Impossible 3, it was everything that was cool about the first one, but with none of the depth. And I understand that Mission Impossible 1 is not the best, but I mean, it, it for me, like Brian De Palma directed the shit out of that movie. Mm-hmm. And while I love what Christopher McQuarrie is doing, it's a more pure Mission Impossible film, even though it pissed off everybody who liked Mission Impossible because it killed off all the original Mission Impossible cast. Um, the uh, Super 8 was just Spielberg without spirit. Um, uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi was just retread and rehash in the worst way. And then when you got somebody in there who wanted to do something different, they weren't given enough runway, which I get the the the, the Ryan Johnson thing is crazy. But if, if you've seen Scream 5, then actually uh, does Ryan Johnson uh, is given the the rib nudge that he deserved. Well, so um, so my 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 problem with Ryan Johnson is the story was so stupid. Yeah, it's a story about running out of gas. <laughs> it's a story about we don't have enough to get away from the first order, but we have enough to go find a code breaker that can get us somewhere else but that doesn't really pan out like none of that shit made sense and but it was just as pretty some of that shit in that movie was just as pretty as uh force awakens yeah i mean and that's fine but you but stories visuals don't make stories and then like he turns around and makes knives out and it's like this amazingly good film and it's like why couldn't you do that with star wars like he wasn't given the runway I mean, it it also was a was a matter of like go talk to somebody about like okay, we're gonna do three Star Wars films. J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, Colin Trevorrow are the three directors. Put them in a fucking room for a week and say what's the story we're gonna tell with these three films. Instead of I'm gonna make my film, and then you take it in a completely different direction, and we're gonna do something that you know, we're going to set up Ray as this mysterious character. And then Ryan Johnson's going to come in and say, it doesn't fucking matter who she is. And then Colin Trevorrow drops out and then you get JJ Abrams back who says, no, she was important. And it's like, you had, you had the directors, you knew what was going on, put them in a room and have them fucking figure it out so that you have a coherent story. And they didn't. I think the only good all-around film sorry about that I think the only good J.J. Abrams film is Star Trek the Kelvin timeline the first one okay and but I think that that was even outdone I mean it obviously shit the bed in the darkness because that's one of the worst Star Trek films but I think one of the best Star Trek films and I may be crucified for this, is um, the third one, uh, Beyond, Star Trek Beyond. The, the, um, the, the villain was pretty shit, but I felt like it was a great representation of that you could have a much... Um, um, you could have a mar- much larger, beautiful-looking film in that universe. 
Well, did you like Beyond at all? I I have issues with Beyond, um, not as much as I have within Darkness. I mean, you had Nobody an entire fifty-year run of Star Trek IP, and you remake Rathacon, and it's like stupidest move ever. Yeah, and it would have worked just as well if if come if Cumberbatch Benedict Cumberbatch had just been John Harriman and there was no con thing there was no nothing that had to do with con he was just this person that had a vendetta against Starfleet it would have been I think it would have been better but been great you would you you have to shoehorn in fucking con and Kirk dying and then you know Spock losing his cool and yelling con and you're like oh you missed everything that made that second film great and while I think beyond was better um, and it was able to tell a Star Trek a Star Trek story that didn't involve the Enterprise we're just going to destroy that and get it out of the way Um, this thing with the motorcycle I can't get past I I I, get that. I who who was it Justin Lin that directed that film? Yeah, I like Justin Lin's direction a lot, but I get it. it, it he did it. He did a great job. There are tons of things in that that film that work. You don't need Kirk on a motorcycle at the end of the day, and yeah. I just um yeah, I get that. But did you really need him? I, I can make the same argument for the first one. Where do you need uh, Kirk on a Corvette jumping over a cliff? No, that and cool. that's and that's one of those things of like, what's your name, James Tiberius Kirk? And it's like, you don't need to do that. Like, one of one of my biggest biggest pet peeves with J.J. Abrams when he took over these franchises whether it be Star Wars or Star Trek they all feel like fan films there are all of them they are there are things that happen in them the way that they hold the lightsabers in Star Wars is wrong the way that they turn them on is wrong the thing with Star Trek where Kirk goes from a he's not he's a cadet when when they attack Vulcan he's being he's on trial for fucking with the system and they promote him to captain without going through the ranks and it's like that's not Star Trek there is no way Pike would have just handed him the ship and said you be captain but Bruce Greenwood was awesome in that movie (laughs) but but th- that's my issue. It feels like a fan film where it's like, I was kind of a, I was kind of a fan of this. So we're going to put all this shit in there and some of it's going to make sense and some of it's not. And that's, yeah. that's always been my issue with his films is like, it's just a fan film on a bigger budget. It's every single one of his movies. He liked the first two Mission Impossible movies, so let's. And there weren't there were cool things in that Mission Impossible movie. There were cool things. I like again. I like Star Trek Kelvin timeline. That's the one time where it worked out. Um, but I think there were 
fans that were like, I felt like Simon Pegg still felt like a Star Trek fan that made a pretty great Star Trek film that didn't feel like the same submarine warfare of the first six films or the, the four that came after that. It felt like it was the first film that really kind of embraced all of it and was different than everything that came before it. Uh, yeah, um, I can see that. And I, I, I it, it is one of those moments that I will fast forward to where they're, they do the Beastie Boys in front of all those little bot thingies, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I, I know that probably pissed off a lot of people, but I'm 100% on board. Like, I was like, yes, more of that all of the time. And Justin Lin did a fantastic and his team did on that page. Um, but yeah, it felt like a good... 50th anniversary film no absolutely it, it, it definitely worked for the 50th anniversary um i just don't know if we need any more we're getting one well I next know. year we'll see i don't i think i know jj abrams is coming back i don't know if he's going to come he, back as the i don't i, I don't think he is going to come back as the director. i don't think he's coming back as director either i think it's it's all of per, production thing I think he's a better producer than he is a director yeah I'd agree with that not everything needs to be a mystery box uh, you know like you felt about Christopher Nolan honestly based on last week's conversation yeah no I, I, I would I would say that's that's accurate I think that's definitely um, but I mean Christopher Nolan made one of the best comic book movies ever so you know, for, true. for as much yeah. shit as I talk about, I'm like the dark Knight is a phenomenal film. And that's the great, the, the thing about the dark Knight is it is not just a great Batman film. No. It is not just a great comic book film, but it's a great film. Yep. Period. It's quite, quite, quite impressive. I feel like the directors where I wish you could get them the right film. They've made these great films. One of my favorite films of last year, which I'm sure is one of yours as well in the Heights. Um, I, I like that film a lot okay. and I feel like with the right film and he did make a great film or a pretty great film for what it was in Crazy Rich Asians uh, Justin, is it Justin? John Ch- John 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 mm-hmm. uh, he grew up with little John before and had just John. um Um, are you hitting your microphone? Huh? Are you hitting your microphone? There's like I don't know. I'm trying not to. There's I don't know. There's like moments that it sounds like something's like hitting the microphone or something. Yeah, I'm trying not to hit it. I'm trying not to touch anything at all. See right there. I don't know what that is. I think it may be the cord on this mic. (laughs) I'm I'm doing great technically. I'm just trying to improve it. Next, <laughs> next, and four weeks from now, you guys are gonna get the best show ever. Best, it's gonna be, it's gonna blow your freaking minds. It's gonna be directed by JJ. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, John M. Chu, I, I feel like as a director, uh, again, he's just real shit. Uh, I liked Jim and the Holograms. I do not recommend that to anyone. Um, I thought he did an okay job with um uh gi joe retaliation Mm. but again not a movie that i recommend to anyone but um 
yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking for quite some time. And I know you have a bunch of shit to do for tomorrow. Hey, I yeah, I'm here for it always. I know. And I appreciate that. But I'll give you some of your time back tonight. All right. I've well. got to write... Uh, Got to write a scavenger hunt for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you got to sleep somewhere in there too, and you know. I've given up on that. But I, uh, I appreciate you spending a couple hours talking. No, no, thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. I'm Brandon. (laughs) Have a good week.